This is Transistor.fm. This podcast is brought to you by Postmark. If you need to send email for your SaaS or your software application, and who doesn't, you need Postmark. Head over to postmarkapp.com slash loves slash build your SaaS. Listener Tony Denicky tried it and he loves it. Postmark.com slash loves slash build your SaaS. Use the coupon code build your SaaS and get a free month of sending. Hey everyone, welcome to Build Your SaaS. This is the behind the scenes story of building a web app in 2019. I'm John Buda, a software engineer. And I'm Justin Jackson. I do product and marketing. Follow along as we build Transistor.fm. Good to see you again. Welcome to December. Welcome to December. Oh, How was your thing? The last decade of... <laughs> the last month of the decade. Jeez. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. I I remember back in 2002 when my daughter was born thinking, oh, she, she'll be graduating in 2020. Man, that's just yeah. so far away. That's never going to happen. Well, it still, it still seems like 2020 is far away. I always, it seems like I catch myself being like, oh yeah, you know, way in 2020. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's like months away. Isn't time funny? So here we are. Here we are. Uh, how's how's the American Thanksgiving? Good. Yeah, it was good. It was, <laughs> There's it was like tons chill. of tons of Americans that were just like, "What? What do you mean American Thanksgiving?" <laughs> <laughs> There's only well, one Americans are fairly Americans are fairly ignorant of every other country. So, <laughs> I think I wonder. I think Canada is the only other country that has Thanksgiving. I think uh, so. Yeah, because I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't think anyone else. Uh, any other European countries have it? I think it's just Canada and the U.S. And just like we had to have a different flavor of football, uh, we have a different flavor of Thanksgiving. But it was good. Did you have a, Did you have turkey or did you have something unconventional? We had, we had chicken. And? Uh, good? And it was good. It's great. Chicken's good. Well, turkeys are too big. They're just too, uh, you got to buy a huge turkey. Yeah, you, you you went down to a smaller bird. Yep, smaller huh. bird. That's good. Uh, and 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 do you normally do that in Chicago, or you travel home? Um, it depends. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Usually travel home. Yeah. And is that a train ride for you, or is that a, a plane ride? What do you? Uh, it depends. No, okay. I had a car. Okay. A car. And so, yeah. has the snow okay. hit? We we just got our first real dump of snow here. No, no well, no, not really. It, we have had snow, but it was weeks ago, and it was kind of a freak thing where it got super cold. But no, there's no snow on the ground. Okay, so. okay, so so travel it's season just, is fine. It, it's just gloomy and miserable. Did you see this picture that was circulating? Uh, what's that big highway in L.A.? Um, is that the four hundred five? I don't know. Um, Maybe. Okay. There's this picture on Twitter of everyone in LA trying to get home for Thanksgiving. And it's just, it's like six lanes on one side, six lanes on the other side. Thanksgiving traffic. Uh, And it is insane. (laughs) Like everybody, everybody trying to get home. 
Yeah, it's probably yeah. people leaving after work on a certain day. Then. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll put this video in the in the show notes, which is at saas.transistor.fm. Uh, but I'll put it in our little show notes here, John. Just right underneath the intro. Just take a look at that. All right. And tell me if that. I'm assuming that the traffic out of Chicago wasn't like that. I think. Oh yeah, that looks terrible. It's just like um, it looks like. If well, this, were, this was also 2016, but still, it's probably worse. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you see, this was circulating like this was just happening. But well, this is the internet, right? This is, how, like, this is how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. Is, this is probably all just generated. It's not even real. <laughs> right. But, Although it's probably accurate. It looks pretty miserable. Yeah. It yeah. probably was like that on, I don't know, Wednesday night. Yeah, people trying to get out of town. Probably, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Well, I thought maybe to start things off, I was, you know, I, was, I, I took a little holiday up at Silver Star Ski Resort and uh, I was listening to this podcast called The Happiness Lab, episode eight. And have you had a chance to listen to this clip yet? I did, yeah. Okay. So, Chris, we'll get you to play that right now. A lot of people in restaurants do have a lot of options and they try to cater to everybody, but we stick to what we do best and what we've been doing for 124 years and that's keeping it simple and making it easy for not only ourselves but everybody else and when you do that and do what you do best i think you have a better product i'm wondering what you thought about that john what what were some of the thoughts that came to your mind uh i i think overall i agree i'm not quite sure what he's referencing in the restaurant industry as far is it like the menu size or what? Yeah, he's saying okay. a lot of people in restaurants have a lot of options on their menu. They're trying to give you, you know, every dish imaginable that yeah. they can cram on the menu. Yeah, I generally don't like those restaurants. It's oh, it's a little overwhelming and probably nothing is great. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Everything's probably okay. Nothing's great. Yeah. Um, this fellow runs Lewis's Lunch, which is... Uh, a restaurant in New York, I think. They, the the legend is that they were the first ones to come up with the American hamburger, and so they served this one hamburger the way they they made it way back in whatever it was, eighteen ninety five, and that is kind of the one thing they do, and the one thing they do well. And you were saying there's some other that, that is that's the actual that's the example that I was going to use. Well, not that exact one, but there's a place in Chicago called Small Cheval, which has a couple of locations, mm-hmm. and there's sort of an offshoot of this other restaurant, which has a really famous burger. Mm-hmm. And Small Cheval only serves burgers, cheeseburgers, fries, and shakes. That's it, and they're amazing. Like they are hands down the best hamburger I've ever had. Yeah. Um, and that's all they serve. That's all they do. And they serve so many of these things. But you go in there and it's like you don't have to choose. You just get in line and you're like, I would like a cheeseburger mm-hmm. and maybe some fries. Yeah. And that's it. And they do an amazing job. And sure, they could probably like branch out and say, all right, now we're going to do like a chicken sandwich or we're going to do a veggie burger or we're going to add this and that. But they don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They just stick with what they do. And they, I guarantee they're just making money hand over fist and people love it. Yeah, and it's almost if you're going, you know, if I was going to come into Chicago and say, "Hey, where's the best place for a burger?" 
instantly something comes to mind. And it's probably going to be a place that specializes in burgers. Yeah. If you land in Portland and you go, where's the best place to get ice cream? You immediately think, well, salt and straw, because all they do is ice cream. And I wonder if some of this applies to the software business. <laughs> when he Probably, said, yeah. When he says, we try not to cater to everybody. We try to keep things simple, which is what we've been doing for 124 years, not only for ourselves, like he's saying, it's easier on our staff to only have to prepare a few items, but he says it also makes it easy on everybody else in terms of making choices. And he says the simplicity means you have a better product. Yeah. So what do you think? Do you think, is this, how does this apply to the software business? Well, I think it's probably maybe goes more into like the opinionated software business. Like people are making opinionated decisions on the software and they're limiting what people can see or can even choose from. Yeah. So they have an idea. They have an idea of what's good. Sort of like restaurants that have small menus mm-hmm. that may, that might, the menu might change every day, but they have small menus, like six items. That's it every day. Yeah. And like today we're going to focus on these six things that they're going to be amazing and you have a limited choice, but they're, you know, they're all going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's, that probably compares to a software product where whoever's building it is like, all right, we are going to make the decision to only have these features because they're going to be great. We're not going to give you every little thing that maybe might work okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also easier for the business to run because there's just less things to manage. There's less stuff to do. So if you have a kitchen with like 50 items on the menu, then then you have to stock all these items in the fridge every day. You have to make sure they're there. You have to the cooks have to know how to make everything. Mm-hmm. Um, the servers have to know the menu front to back. And it's just like, I feel like it just simplifies quite a bit. Yeah, even thinking about bringing on new staff, it's like, okay, we got to teach you how to make three items or we have to teach you how to make 50 items. And you can see the restaurant industry is a great example because you can actually tangibly think and imagine, oh, wait, if we add pizza to the menu, we're going to need to stock 20 more ingredients and we're going to need a pizza oven, probably need multiple pizza ovens, in addition to our burger grill, you can yeah. you can see how the complexity adds all of this additional weight to the business, and you know now you have to educate customers on it, and then you know even if you go into pizza, you're just you're not only opening the door to pizza, but you're opening the door to gluten free pizza, veggie right. pizza. It just all you're also yeah you're also going to end up competing with pizza places that only make pizza mm-hmm. and have made pizza for 20 years and they're amazing at it. Yes, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. And it feels like since we've started Transistor, every single day we have people coming into our burger joint saying, hey, uh, it was for example, one thing they don't allow at Louis is ketchup. You're not allowed to have ketchup on your burger. And so okay. people say, hey, can I get ketchup on that? And we have to say, well, are we going to are we the kind of place that's going to add ketchup and wh- how does that affect our business you know uh or are right. we the kind of place that is also you know someone says ah oh, you know back home we always have chili with 
our hamburger. Can you right. offer that? And it's like, okay, well, we could, <laughs> but are we going to do that? And it was kind of refreshing to hear this episode and to think about how it applied to us because it is a challenge every day. We've had, we is. have new people walking in saying, but can you just add this? Could you change this? Could, hey, your competitor has this. And it, yeah, and they don't, at the outset, they don't seem like big things, but they add mm-hmm. up over time to lots of little things that mm-hmm. can, I think spiral out of control. So. Well, yeah, it's like our this YouTube integration we talk about so much. It's like it's like okay, huh. now we got to fill up the chili container every single morning, right? And it, that that one thing we added added this all of this weight to the business that maybe we didn't anticipate. It's obviously not this cut and dry because there are, and this isn't the only variable that matters because there are examples of restaurants with lots of things on the menu that do well, right? Starbucks has like, I think it's something like 40,000 permutations or something. (laughs) Right. Uh, But it is refreshing to hear this idea, especially when you can think about it and go, I can see how simplicity is just easier to manage for us and how that might also affect the customer's experience of the product. Yeah. Have have you ever watched uh, Kitchen Nightmares? No. With, with Gordon Ramsay? No, no. I've probably oh. seen it in passing, but it's great. Okay. I mean, he goes he goes into these these restaurants and bars that are kind of failing, right? And yeah, he, he just sort of sees how they work, and then comes up with an idea to to revamp the place, right? Usually includes some remodeling and rebranding, mm-hmm. but most of the time, he takes their menu and cuts it down by like ninety percent. Gotcha. And it's like, just do this. Mm-hmm. Do this well. Uh, and, you know, in, throughout the whole time, he's yelling at people and swearing at them. And, <laughs> uh, but I, I'm like wondering if, I don't know, it would be kind of hilarious if someone like Gordon Ramsay were to come into a product company and just be like, <laughs> just start harassing people. Like, what are you thinking? Just <laughs> Why do you have so many features? Just cut these out. Just cut it down. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and I think that happens, you know, the features are removed and things are simplified and. Yeah. And, and clearly, I mean, again, all of these, these examples, they have limits. You can't hold to them religiously because there are going to be times you need to add features or you will uh, fail. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, there's, there's tension between these ideas and, uh, I'm not saying that this is just true all of the time, but it is at least nice to think and remember and feel this, which is if you make the product too complex, it affects you as the founder and it affects your customers as well. And by the way, I think this extends to everything. We've just started a private podcast just for our kind of trusted advisors and friends. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I added a bunch of people to it. Basically, it uses the transistor feature. So you add an email address, it sends them a private invitation to the podcast. They can open their custom link in their podcast app. And then we just recorded a quick uh, episode, you and I saying, hey, here's some things we're thinking about and struggling with. And it was interesting to hear the responses to 
to that because I, I deliberately put some people on that list that I thought would have uh, a different point of view. And one of my kind of trusted advisors was like, you, you guys need to raise money. You guys need to go big. You guys need to, um, if you're going to win at this, you really need to be aggressive. Huh. And again, I mean, I, I am welcoming that point of view into my life. But at the same time, I guess my pushback would be, I can see how that would add weight to the business and weight to my life and complexity that I then have to carry. Like if we hire 500 people, if we uh, take, you know, $15 million in investment, it's almost like now I'm carrying that whole load on my shoulders, you know, even, I mean, even if it's two of us now, both of us are like, we've got this big wobbly bunch of stuff that we're holding and we're trying to walk around with, and we're trying to make sure that these things don't all fall. And I, I, again, maybe he's right and I'm wrong, but there, there does seem to be something about keeping things simple and keeping things basic and the ability to navigate life when you've just yeah, got less I mean, on yeah. your shoulders. You, you, yeah, you add investment money and then you add employees and it's no longer simple. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I've like the last few days I've been dealing with this, some tax related stuff that we have to clean up mm-hmm. for the, before the end of the year. And it's like, <laughs> if I, if this had to happen for a team of people. Yeah. I, I was just laughing I, at this idea of, <laughs> you're like, we got this tax, this tax situation we got to clean up. Oh. I, I'm just like, oh yeah, this is a total Chicago thing right here. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, we got to launder the money, you know. <laughs> we we, we got to break a few thumbs. We got to launder some money. We got, but and, sorry, you were saying we got to clean it up, and our finances are still pretty simple right now. They're still pretty simple, and it's and it's still it doesn't even seem simple. Like it's still mm-hmm. right. They're they are simple, but this the stuff we're dealing with and trying to fix is just like, yeah, not that simple. Yeah. <laughs> So doing that at even at an even bigger scale. I mean, you probably would have an accountant who would be doing this stuff for you, but um, yeah, yeah. And again, I'm not saying that we shouldn't grow. I'm not saying that any of that stuff. But if we're going to add something else to the menu, whether that's an employee, whether that's funding, whether that's a new feature, I almost want to consider it in the same way that Louis would think. Okay, we've been doing this for 124 years we've been feeling this mounting pressure to maybe add one more item to the menu. What's it going to be? And how are we going to really consider this carefully? And I think that's the biggest thing is that often we make these decisions thinking that, you know, more is better when uh, I think simple is better. (laughs) Yeah. So that's a great episode. Happiness lab episode eight. Now, you know who does like to keep things simple, especially if you have a small team? Clubhouse. If you have a team less than 10 people, by the way, we're in an ad now. I, I, I realize sometimes my transitions are so smooth, you can't even tell. We're, we're now in an ad, folks, at home. Clubhouse. They do project management just for software teams, and they've just announced a new free plan for teams up to 10 people. So 
super simple. If if you've got a team of 10 people or less, Clubhouse is free for you to use. Try it out now, clubhouse.io slash build. Maybe we should give folks a little bit of an update on what we're working on. What what We had the Thanksgiving break. Yep. Um, uh, we what, did we, some... what did we ship before, like right before you left? You, you, uh, it was a bunch of analytics updates to the analytics page. Mm, yeah. And did we talk a little bit about that? We have a graph now that shows podcast players over time. Right. There's podcast players over time there. And then episodes by day over time, um, podcast players over time, and geographic location over time is all exportable now as a csv yes um so yeah that was part of a cycle we were doing but we didn't quite finish everything so i think we're going to try to finish some more of those little bits up before the end of the year yeah and we'd kind of told ourselves we're going to try to slow down at this time of year you know between thanksgiving and christmas um and we've even noticed this in signups signups have started to slow down it feels like uh, even if I look at my co-working place here, people are showing up yeah. less often. Customer support doesn't seem to be slowing down, though. Uh, that's true. There is, and uh, the there's a lot of trials right now. So one of my theories is that there's a bunch of people trying things out because they have time, because all the year's projects are kind of winding down. And they're thinking about, okay, I'm going to kind of preload this for 2020. Uh, so I think that's one reason we've got so much support is that our trial numbers are way up right hmm. now. Yeah, And I'm guessing people are just exploring the space and come January, February, they're going, going to be ready to kind of launch that new podcast project. That's new Year's resolutions to launch a podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so yeah, I I think we're going to try to slow things down as far as new big features um mm-hmm. between now and, you know, the new year. Uh which I think will be good. I don't know about you, but I feel tired. Mhm. <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. It's a little bit weird for me because I feel like I've been grinding for so long. I'm just used to be I'm used to uh <laughs> right. just kind of getting ground down to nothing. But yeah. uh I do feel like a break would be good. Yeah, a break in the sense of like we're not building new things, but I think there is a lot we can do to sort of, I don't know, research almost like a period of time where we can just research and experiment and, and or clean things, fix a few things, clean things up mm-hmm. um, to get, kind of get ready for whatever's next, which I don't think we really know yet, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I, you kind of have to give your, your brain a little bit of a, a little bit of a break to just kind of wander around and just let things pop in your mind. Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. This, one of the reasons I love this time of year is going up to Silver Star with my snowboard and sitting on this chairlift where there's nothing but you and the uh-huh. air. Yeah. And your thoughts. And it's amazing how just being out there away from everything, all of a sudden you just have these thoughts just pop into your head of, oh, man, we should try that. And, oh, you know what? We've been thinking about that for a while, but we haven't done anything about it. They, they just come, kind of come to you. Yeah. 
and uh, I, I think this is kind of the, the the big the biggest joke capitalism ever played on the on the knowledge worker is that they have to be at their desk all the time. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. So, what else are you kind of experimenting with right now? You're um, nothing at the moment. I mean, we have a big list of of things that we might get to during some sort of cool down period. But I think mm-hmm. one of the things I really want to look into is uh, rebuilding our dashboard mm-hmm. uh, so that it's a little more mobile friendly and just sort of, I mean, it's, you know, the code is, has been around for a couple of years and it's using this design framework that is not being updated and is sort of just a little bit out of date. I mean, it's still okay, but um, probably looking into tailwinds and just kind of trying to, build out a version of what we have now in tailwinds that looks similar, feels similar, but is um, just a little more functional on different devices. So probably I think the idea was, is just to build it out in HTML first without even integrating it into our app and try to get something that just a, a basic template of something that feels similar. So yeah. And when you say dashboard, the entire dashboard is going to be, well, when you're when you're signed into your transistor account, gotcha. So anything the user interacts with once they sign in, yep, right. gotcha. Um, that'll be a big, big change actually to switch everything over to it because mm-hmm. a lot of the other interactions and in JavaScript within our dashboard kind of depend on the framework we're using right now. So switching all that over might take a while, but I think at least getting a, a basic template working and in place would be kind of kind of nice to have. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that is that's another one that comes up quite a bit. It's surprising how many people use transistor on their phone or their iPad. Yeah. I don't I actually don't find it that surprising. I I find it surprising we don't have more complaints. Mhm. Because just people are on their phones and all, they're on their phones all day. Yeah. I mean, so. I, I use it quite a bit. Like when I'm doing customer support, I'll log in and I, you know, I have to instantly kind of go to landscape mode and, right. and move around. And yeah, uh, it's not, it's not very functional at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. That would be, that would be pretty awesome actually to, to fiddle around and get something that was worked as a, as a, well, worked on the phone. What, what do you think about, I'm trying to figure out what is this movement of progressive web apps. PWAs are a type of application software delivered through the web built using common web technologies, including HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. I've heard a lot of people talking about this lately, but to me it just sounds like uh, it feels like we've had a bunch of iterations of this. Like remember when Facebook, uh, they were going to not use native mobile apps anymore and they they built everything right. and then they had to go back uh yeah. like they had to what was what was that wave called i don't know i don't know i don't know what all these i don't know what all these movements are called anymore maybe rich web application what you know what was what it what, what was this yeah i don't really have thoughts on it because i don't know what it is so i don't <laughs> i mean my my goal is to just build the thing so it works in every <laughs> device you use i don't yeah, it, it sounds like it's just this is just another way of saying yeah we're we're it's a web apps that work on the phone that don't need to be delivered through the Apple App Store or Google Play, and maybe now we're at the the point where that's actually possible. So when Facebook tried it, it didn't work, but 
you know, maybe now. Yeah, maybe. I think, I mean, when they did it, phones were slower, but I think it just did, the rendering of HTML was just too slow for what they needed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what that was called. I'm sure people, folks, I'm not even going to look it up. If if you can remember what what that trend was called when Facebook was was doing this, it was like Facebook. The headline was that you know Facebook delivers whatever it was. Per, I, I want to say progressive web application, but it was something else. And so this feels like just a new wave or term for that whole that whole evolution. But probably, I guess part of what I'm getting at is you know one of our competitors is is Anchor. And they have a pretty slick um, uh, mobile app. Mm-hmm. And again, in our pursuit of simplicity, we've shied away from wanting to compete in that space. Uh, if we had to maintain, like Basecamp has been trying to maintain iOS and Android applications forever. They've tried it multiple times, and I think now they've got dedicated people. But they've, they often kind of cite that as a difficult thing to maintain when you're a small team. Yeah, I think so. I thought they are using, they're using a lot of web technology in that though, the way they build it. I mean, they're using, um, it's all rails. It's all rails with a, with like an HTML templates with sort of special Android and uh, Apple wrappers around it. Gotcha. So maybe that piece is also getting easier now. The, to have something that feels more native, but uh, just using yeah. web stuff underneath. I think so. But um, yeah, I, I think part of yeah part of the whole experiment with something like Tailwinds will will be just making it functional on on most devices. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah. There's not a whole lot to do with the iPad, but for especially for phones, it's just like menus are hard to do, and things just aren't you know really not that functional. So yeah, I think that'll that'll probably be a big big piece of work for the end of the year and the new year is just mm-hmm. doing the, kind of like rebuilding that stuff and yeah you know, while thinking about new things that, that we're trying to work on yeah yeah that sounds good that sounds like a good plan i've been kind of chipping away at different things on the marketing site experimenting with things i, I think i'm going to actually experiment with taking away we have an enterprise column right now and I'm wondering if the complexity of having four columns presented to you is too much and there might be a better way to present that. So I, I'm going to uh, fiddle around with that, um, making that page a bit simpler. Uh, but yeah, I am looking forward to having some downtime and because I love coming back after some downtime where you're just mm-hmm. kind of raring to go. Yeah. Uh, but the worst feeling is like showing up all day in a company that you own and being kind of like, well, all right, here we go. Like you're you're literally yeah. living the dream <laughs> that you set out for yourself. But you're, you know, if you're in the, uh, you're kind of down. Uh, that's not a right. great place to be. No, no. I think the other thing too we we're going to think about is what we want to do with this show. Mm, yeah. And we've we've talked a little bit about it, um, but I don't think we've really made any decisions about how to handle it in the new year. So yeah. Can, can you give people an idea of kind of what, like, why do we, why do we need to consider anything? You know, we've done it for what, a year and a half now, mm-hmm. probably. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we started in March of 2018. It takes up quite a bit of time. I mean, it's it's not an insignificant amount of time, mm-hmm. and it's always it's always helpful to to talk between mm-hmm. you know you and I. But yeah, I think there's an opportunity to change it up in the new year and and either do something like we reduce the amount of times you do it once every couple of weeks or uh, change the format to something else where we're talking to other people more or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I feel like the topics we're going to talk about are going to be recycled and the same problems are going to start coming up and we're just going to sort of, I don't know, have less meaty topics to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if the show is called build your SAS, we built it and now we're building it. In, yeah, this is in some ways the, the the challenge that Alex Bloomberg had with um, startup, which was you know they started up and then what do you do with the show? And in some ways, I was disappointed when they stopped talking about Gimlet because I think it's still interesting getting that behind the scenes look at what you know what's happening. Uh, the show, obviously, I think. Transistor needs to have some sort of podcasts that we're actively producing. But yeah, I I do want it to be, well, first of all, I want it to be interesting for us because if it's not interesting for us, then, you know, that right. that's not as, that's no fun. And I think it also, we need it to be interesting for listeners. And yeah, if, if folks have ideas about that, about, I think we'd be open to hearing them. I'd definitely be open to hearing some opinions or we start a different show and do something else, you know? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I I think also, I mean, we're, we're open to what listeners want for sure, but we also have to consider, uh, yeah, what, what do we want to do? Right. And how can we make this interesting for us? How can we make it, um, kind of helpful all the way around yeah. I, I think one thing we're definitely considering is is you know should we continue to have Patreon sponsors, con- supporters? Should we continue to have uh, ad sponsors? And you know maybe there's something we can do with all that momentum that would benefit someone else that's starting out, or um, right. you know there's there's some ideas there that I think could be helpful. Yeah, so. We're just thinking through some of that stuff. Yeah, we'll see. Or we start a podcast and we talk about, uh, <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something totally random. What are we going to talk about? Uh, the, yeah, there, what, we, we've alluded to this a few times. Like maybe we have uh, a He-Man uh, fan podcast. Maybe we, right. we talk about uh, just only old nostalgic uh tech podcast yeah uh, there, there's there's some other things that would be really interesting like if what would we do just for fun that we wouldn't even care if that we had that many listeners but we would do it just because we really dug it right you know we have, we have to think about that when our minds are a little more free yeah totally but with that in mind john would you like to give some shout-outs to our Patreon supporters? I would. Uh, we have someone new. Uh, we have Ward from memberspace.com. I know Ward. He's great. Cool. Thanks, Ward. Yeah. Uh, Eric Lima. 
James Sowers from userinput.io, Travis Fisher, Matt Buckley from nicethings.io, Russell Brown, Evandro Sassi, Pradyumna Schembecker, Noah Prail, David Colgan, Robert Simplicio, Colin Gray from alitu.com, Josh Smith, Ivan Krakovic, Brian Ray, Shane Smith, Austin Loveless, Simon Bennett, Michael Sitber, Paul Jarvis, and Jack Ellis, uh, Dan Buda, my brother. DanBuda.com. What, what part of the chicken did Dan get? Uh, Dan didn't get any chicken because he's in, he's in Austin. Oh, he didn't come out. You didn't, so you didn't he, eat- probably, he probably had turkey. I think he had turkey. Dan, you, you got to send Dan a, a wing or something in the mail. Yeah, wrap it in an envelope <laughs> and send it via UPS, USPS. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have Darby Frey, Samori Augusto, Dave Young, Brad from Canada, Sammy Schuchert, Mike Walker, Adam Devander, Dave Junta. Junta. I mean, that would be, that's the natural spinoff for like, <laughs> right. if, if Joey was the spinoff from Friends, then Junta is the spinoff from Build Yourself. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> now, I don't know what we're setting ourselves up for because Joey didn't have a great, not a good, uh, not no, a great not run. A, not a success. But that, <laughs> that would, that would definitely be the spinoff uh, show. <laughs> yeah. And finally, we have Kyle Fox from GetRewardful.com and our sponsors, Postmark and Clubhouse. Thanks, everyone. I do really appreciate these Patreon supporters. You've been with us. Some of you have been with us from the beginning. We know that you. a lot of you listen to every episode, that you cheer us on, that you send us ideas, that you suggest Transistor to other people. Really appreciate it. And we will see you next week. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash Justin and get 15% off your first year.